April 18th, 2018. It's a lot from Pedro Show. <laughs>
lot for Pedro show and Pedro, but now with Brother Matt because he's indisposed once again. They promised me next week he'll be here. I'm not man totally alone though because the great cats in uh, Estonia who cooked up this Skype software joining me from you're in Brooklyn, right? Yeah, yeah, from Brooklyn. It's um, Brandon Seabrook. Welcome aboard. Great to be aboard. Okay, and we started the show off with uh, John Coltrane and Miles Davis. Mm. Uh, last tour they did together in 1960 in Europe. I think it was the first uh, Europe tour for Miles Davis. 1960, like I said, All of You, which is a great standard that they reinterpreted after this John Coltrane went off to make his own band. Uh, we got to thank uh, Brother Stevie Bono for making this connect. And he, uh, he sings your praises very high. Oh, man. I and, love it. Um, you know, I'm just interested to have anybody with a journey through music because they're all different and they're all unique. So let's start with yours, uh, or start. Well, you, you tell me, Brandon, what's your earliest musical recollection? My earliest recollection has to be with the huge stereo system and record collection of my parents that sat in our living room. I mean, this thing was this. It wasn't one of those uh, really big pieces of furniture from the 60s or so. It was like a seven late 70s Sylvania record player. And, you know, I just dove into the collection. Of, now, what town was this, Brandon? This was like, well, for me, this is like 1982. No, but what town? Doing. What town? Oh, Foxborough, Mass. Oh, okay. Southeastern Massachusetts. Sure, sure. I ain't got to play there, but I have driven through. You've driven through I-95, 95. yeah. Route 95. Yeah, you know it. So, so in the pad, there's a big stereo, and that's your first music. I guess, I guess it's their record collection, right? Yeah, it wasn't a big collection, but there was some there was some just just an amalgam of stuff in there like Gustav Holst, The Planets, Robert Gordon, Link Ray, wow, Jimmy Smith. Yeah. Uh, you know, some maybe some Beatles, some solo Beatles, uh, you know, uh, old Elvis, just kind of all, all the stuff. Brandon, so, was there instruments in the house or were they just listeners? No. Just listeners, no okay. instruments. That's no all right. That's all right. I'm just curious. So, uh, can you remember the first record that you bought yourself for you? Oh yeah, I bought it at Good Vibrations. Beach I bought Boys. Motley Crue Theater of Pain. Oh, not Good Vibrations. I was thinking yeah, of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, not the good, not the not the real Good Vibrations. The, the record store. <laughs> the theremin one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not the theremin one. I, yeah, I. I bought Motley Crue, you know, that's, yeah. that's when I went off on my own with music, it, it went there, you know, okay. 1985, Nikki that's Six came first. Nikki Six's band. Nikki okay. Six. What you was know? the first, uh, Brandon, what was the first gig that you went to? The first gig that I went to was in Boston. It was the Fringe. George Garzon on saxophone, Bob Gilotti on drums, and, uh, John Lockwood on bass. That was the first up close, real live gig that I went to. That I I sat like really close, really felt the music. I mean, my first gig that I went to was a big. Well, actually, no, no, just just a gig, big, small. They they all mean the same to me. In fact, I start off with big ones, and I 
found out they were lame. <laughs> I know my first big my first big one. How could I forget this? W- went right in line with Motley Crue. It was Dawkins. Oh, from here. That, that's a. Uh... That's actually Redondo Beach, not far yeah, from here. Yeah, they recorded under lock and key at in Redondo Beach. Yeah, well, total access. Total access, right? Yeah. Right. Because right. I actually did some unknown instructor uh, records there. Uh, uh, Minuteman Project Merch was done there with Joe Carducci and uh, Ethan yeah. James. But uh, I also got to meet a great cat from upstate New York, uh, uh, Ronnie James Dio, and had oh, a big yeah. rap with him. Oh yeah, he was recording with some young guys, and he was just the best cat. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I heard about the Dawkins guy. He's, he's, I think he's playing with uh, some some rappers and kind of doing a, a Limp Biscuit thing or something now. Oh yeah, I, I bet. I, I haven't. I don't know what. I, I haven't kept kept up. But yeah, well, but, I accidentally but, but, stumbled onto that info. Now, now I'm curious. Uh, at school, did you have music? Yeah, I, I, I had the great fortune of going to. In my town, there was a great music program at the high school. Amazing. Okay. Big band, combo, concert band, wind ensemble. It was led by this, this guy, Stephen C. Massey, who just retired. But, but man, he, he exposed us to a lot of repertoire, lots of music. And what were you playing? He, I was playing guitar in the jazz band. Oh, really? In, oh, okay. In the, in the concert band. I was playing. I was in the percussion section, okay. which I thought was going to be easy, because you had to be in all of the groups to play in the jazz band. Uh-huh. You know, that's where I was really at. I wanted to play guitar and improvise, but you had to be able to be in the other. Sure, and they did. They don't have guitars, yeah. Okay. So uh, I didn't. So I said, "Well, I'll just play drums because my brother plays drums, and there's drums at the house, and I'll get into that." So, you know. It was really challenging playing suspended cymbal or you know crash cymbal or triangle. You have to count, you know. Sure, be in the right place at the right time. Or you, in the right yeah. place. Right. Now, 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 Brandon, you didn't tell me how you got on guitar. Oh well, got on guitar. I got on guitar. Probably was a visual thing, you know. It was probably MTV. How old? It was, like young? I, I like eight, seven, okay. or eight. Probably first through Jimmy. No, Hammond. I can I can understand visual things. I remember me and maybe housing with my friends. We had baseball bats and we just lip synced to a record. Yeah, yeah, okay. I had a sword. I think that I used as a guitar, lip syncing to, to you know classic rock is you know that was that was how I got into it. So it was okay. Hendrix. My 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 parents had a Are You Experienced mono uh, copy in the in the collection. So that was that was on. Uh, yeah, it was Hendrix. And then it was visual, you know, Van Halen, MTV. And then it was you guys. And then after that, you know. When did you get your first guitar? Oh, yeah, 85, 84, nine years what, old. What, was it like a gift? <laughs> it was, it, no, it was, uh, I well, bought went, it. I, yeah, you I, went and bought it yourself. You worked for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, I no, I ask about the gift thing because usually they... There's a stipulation I found out. Like yeah, we're yeah. going to get you this guitar, but you're going to have to take lessons. Yeah. Now, what did what did you do, man? I was ready. I took lessons. Okay. I, I, I was okay. into it. I was ready to learn. I was ready to to take it. But the, the the one moment that really changed everything is I had a little PV practice amp. Sure. And I, I really couldn't get it to sound the way I was hearing it in my head. Yeah. And one day at the music shop before my lesson, I saw. 
the, the, the dude who ran the store demonstrating the same amp to a customer, and he said, when you pull out this blue knob, you get a distorted sound. And I saw, I saw that, and I, I, could, I ran home. I pulled out the blue knob, and that was it. I mean, it was, then, a, it was epiphany. Then I it was an it. epiphany. Yeah, that was it. And I was like, "Oh man!" Here, I want to play uh, Lord Clusters. Uh, yeah, I forgot to say that after John Coltrane and uh, Miles Davis at the beginning of the show, we heard Lamborghini Helicopter, something live you did with your Seabrook power plant. This is called Lord Clusters, and the the credit you gave me was Seabrook Solo, but I actually. Found some kind of band name, a strange band name. Oh, for this! Oh, well, this is a this is a song on a solo record I did called Sylphid Vitalizers. Yeah, that's not a name of a band, huh? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's just the name of the album. And this okay. actually, you know, I picked up the banjo years ago, and this this song is. Oh no, banjo. we're gonna get to banjo. We're gonna oh, okay, get to okay. banjo. Let's play this music.
rich. Do you want girls? I can give you girls. I don't want any girls. Do you want boys? No. I can give you boys. Listen. Listen to me. I'm a very rough guy. Good. Lady, you got your hand on my hand. Got your hand on my hand. Take your hand off 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 my hand.
Show, yeah, that was Lurid Clusters by Seabrook Solo. Um, after that, brand new from Zill, Take Your Hand Off My Hand, Snooze in Motion out of uh, Croatia with Shadow, uh, Verms de Limbo. God damn it, phone's ringing. Uh, these guys are out of, uh, out of Brazil. My ma, damn it. Um, then after that we had, uh, yeah, Vermes de Limbo, uh, do Limbo, it's Portuguese, sorry. And Petra Hayden with hand covers bruise, and finally De Tromo Fatala, abscessed pettifogger. Nice. I guess that's the fatal drum or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, ma. I'm doing my radio show. Can you call back? <laughs> okay, Ma. Yeah, I'll do your water, Ma. But hold on, okay? Huh? Okay, Ma. Okay, that's my Ma. I got to see her when we get done with this. Is she, um, is she in dangerous, though? She's oh, yeah, she's in Pedro. Believe me, I wouldn't be going to put her water bottle in if it wasn't in Pedro. Okay, so uh, get back to where we are. We found the blue knob on the PV, so it's a whole other world for you. I, look, world. same with me and D. Boone. We didn't know how they got them sounds on the records. When we right. had our little pawn shop amps and guitars, we didn't know. We saw it was some kind of studio gimmickry, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so, so what do you do when... I'm, I'm, I'm interested to uh, also on your lessons. Now, what we did, we asked the guy who was teaching us, hey, please show us songs off records. Yes. You did the same, same thing. thing. Okay. Same thing. Yeah, show I look back on that now, and I think it was retarded because we should have been writing our own songs right from the beginning. Exactly. That, <laughs> that was the culture <laughs> of the time. I wish I came to that a lot earlier. Yeah, now, so you're man alone just studying, trying to get your thing, find your voice on the guitar. When do you start playing with other people? I started playing with other people around 12 or 13. Junior my high. friends, My friends, Scott Greeter, Mike Cassaway, my buddies down the street, we just started playing blues. And we would, we would play for hours and we'd record it, and then we'd listen back. So we'd play for three hours, and then we'd listen back to the tape for three hours. For three hours. hours. <laughs> 
and then we would do this. That was a, the best learning experience. We did this for a long, for a lot of years, two or three. I mean, not a lot of years, but you know, during those formative years of sure, sure. So, playing. And what so kind of did. blues was was this like Deep Roots blues or just your guys' no, idea of the it blues? It was like yeah. it was like a rock and roll blues. It was like Little Richard, Chuck Berry, yeah. and then you know maybe a little bit more of the hard rock blues. Or boogie, so like, what they used to yeah. call boogie, which was like fog hat or Savoy fog Brown, hat. budgie, Definitely. yeah, right, Zeppelin, yeah. really the seventies stuff, yeah. Okay, and, uh, and how, did you guys have a name? Did you do gigs? Yeah, we did gigs. We booked gigs. We had a name. We were the Reaction. Wow, me and D Boone had a band called the Reactionaries. Yeah, of course. Yeah, very that close. was it. That was your first. That was your first band, right? Well, first punk band. Yeah, yeah, we had something called Bright Orange Band when we were uh, in your age then, uh, teenage, uh, junior high school, and uh, but no original songs, right? Not, right. not till Reactionaries. And those were the first batch of songs I wrote. D. Boone wouldn't write for that band. It was he didn't. He only made joined that band for me, you know. Oh, nice. So uh, his the real band in his mind was going to be the Minutemen, which was next, which I didn't right, know right, at the right. time. I didn't know at the time. So uh, did the Reaction ever record? We recorded a couple of cassettes, and we, we started writing our own songs in the vein of, like, you know, 70s boogie, classic rock. Yeah. And but we, had, we had, like, five originals and, you know, 35 or 40 cover tunes, and we booked our own gigs. And, what, what, yeah. what, can you remember the first gig you did? We did a gig. We did. We did. We did a party in a basement, you know, but this is, like, you know, teenage. This yeah, is that's like, still a gig. This is the suburbs of southeastern Mass. Sure. You know. Teenagers okay. playing a gig, but it was fun. You know, somebody once told me, Brandon, it's not, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I nobody like picks, right? Nobody picks where they're from. So, That's so right. what was that first gig like? It was great. We pulled it off. It, it, it was. I always remember that feeling. You know, we, we, we rehearsed for a long time, and we did it. We pulled it off. We played. You rehearsed. You didn't we practice. You know, I, I've yet to see, hear a basketball player saying, I'm going down to the hoops and rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> Why are musicians afraid of this P word, practice? I know. I, I don't know. Okay. Maybe they don't want to face themselves. It's, it's, they want to be like with the A word, actor, right? Okay. Actor. So uh, how, how long does this uh, reaction go? Maybe two or three years. So next phase, you're in high school. Next phase, I'm in high school, and then I meet. Then I, and I'm getting into punk rock at this point. You know, I found I found uh, you guys, and then that led to a lot of other things. And then my next band was a little bit more. We were writing all of our own songs, no covers. Okay. Uh, no covers, all original material, all rehearsed, all worked out. It was what in the same area, but it was a different different group of people. Yeah, what were they called? That was called Six Dancing Women. Yeah, great name. And then, you know, I think I, I think I sent a couple of cassettes to uh, the some, one of the SST addresses. <laughs> I forget the PO Lawndale. Box one, PO Lawndale. Box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I sent a couple of tapes to the Lawndale PO Box. Nine hundred twenty-six. Yeah. yeah, I was, you know, high hopes. But anyway, so we were we were really influenced by what was going on in your area and. Um, trying to get that energy happening and uh you know i got i got i think the first one i got was politics of time of you did guys you, did that. you ever go to the uh, channel or the rat 
I wasn't. I never went to the chant. You guys played there many times, both places. Many times. You know, I never got there. That's okay. I wasn't. wasn't I wasn't quite old enough or on the scene enough to like get to those places at that time. Okay. You know, this is like I'm coming to this stuff in like '92 or three. So the, I think the rat may have been gone. Yeah, it was. So was channel. The channel. Was yeah, we're gone. talking more early '80s. Yeah. Early yeah, 80s, 80s, yes. Yeah, I was yeah. only like five or six. Okay. Okay, so Six Dancing Women, what what happens? Did you guys... Yeah, uh, what we, happens? We, we're pretty prolific. We make three three albums over the span of two or three years. Did you tour? No. Okay. We, we didn't tour. We weren't really hooked into that. This is still teenage, so we're not... Sure, We're sure. not rebellious enough to, like, to go out. We're not quite at that level. And what, you know what, what I mean? We're not... We don't quite... We're not quite ready to break out, so we're just playing gigs around. Sure, we're playing sure. gigs. We're practicing. We're playing gigs. We're we're doing stuff. We make. We're we're recording. We're writing material. You know. And, and how long does this go? This goes for about three three or four years, and then 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 we go off and do our own things. And then, I I go to music school Where? to get serious. Where? <laughs> Massachusetts, Berkeley, right? Yeah, no, I went to I went to Philadelphia University of the Arts for for a year. Okay, and went back to Boston to New England Conservatory. Okay. Finished out there, learned a lot, saw a lot of a lot of shows, played with a lot of people. Then you know stayed around Boston for a while. And then why were you doing Boston. that school stuff? Were you part of any bands? I was part of I was part of a lot of. Projects, projects at yeah. with school and outside, but I really wasn't in. It wasn't of time for bands. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I wasn't you were school. It, yeah, I wasn't hitting it with with anybody really hard at that point, except students. And yeah, it was it was like sort of like a going away for a while. Like, uh, did you have a mentor? Did you have one at Philly? Did you have one there? In- yeah, I had one in Boston. I had Bob Moses. Okay, Bob Moses. Did, you know the drummer? Oh, I've heard of him. I don't know him. Heard of him? Yeah, I had, I had, I had him as a mentor, and also Mick Goodrick, guitarist. Yeah, I've heard of him they were too. Short. They were short things, you know, a year and a half, two years, but they really left really, really informative and inspiring. But yeah, those and things I, can be very important. I still, I still think about that stuff a lot, you know. Even that we spent such a small, a short time together, but I still, I still think about, about what those guys taught me and, and. Uh, and remember, you're also I, at a, a impressionable stage of your, your playing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mo, Bob Moses is a wild, wild man, and he, he really, he really pushed me to get, you know, to let go. And it was—it's hard to that when you're trying to deal with, you, with technical stuff. And well, I think too the challenge is, you know, institutionalized learning. Which yeah, there's nothing bad with that, but on the other side, the, there's the struggle to find your own voice, and so it's this trippy kind of balance in that. Yeah, and, and he helped me. He really helped me get to my own voice. I think I—I I think without him, I, I don't know. Or, or you know, and Mick Goodrick, you know, those guys were really. There was also this this guy there, Bevan Manson, who I think is out out in L.A. now. He teaches out there. Many people know him as a as a player, but he he was really he really pushed me to 
to uh, you know get in touch with the physical side. Get you know further. Onward. Yeah, because I, I when I first started music, it was all about physical. It was all about the body. It was all about going for it. It was all. But then you know when when school came, it it changed a little bit. Cerebral. Cerebral. Okay, time. we're at the end of the first hour. April 18th, 2018 edition of Peter Show. Special guest, Brandon Seabrook. Hold tight for hour two. April 18th, 2018. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Look into these eyes, onto his hands, is being upset. They will be get worried, I know they're upset, so cry. This is something wrong when they know heart attack. When the life of my love, how to cry. When they cry has been so lonely When they sad becomes before so blues When they look like this that's be nothing They will be about bad feelings Look is so strange about their upset so cry Rubbing their eyes I know they're crying about This is something wrong When they know heart attack When a life of my love how to cry When they cry has been so lonely When they sad becomes before so blues When they look like this that's be nothing They will be about This is something wrong When they know heart attack When a life of my love How to cry When they cry Has been so lonely When they sad Becomes before so When they look like this, that's be nothing They will be about bad feeling Bad feeling Bad
ב-LSD שורה תחתונה. יישארו ברחם הדלוק של הנעורים, במי השפיר של השלכת הקדושה. מחר תפרוץ מלחמה, מישהו יכבה את המוזיקה וידליק את הלילה. שמרו נפשותיכם. אתם בסך הכל גוף שעלול להיפצע ולהיוותר שרוע בפינת הגן מאחורי אבן גדולה, חשוף למוות, עד שמישהו ימצא אתכם.
Block for Pedro show. We start off the second hour with Needle Driver doing Entropic Vacuum Party. Then Daniel Wakeford out of Brighton with Bad Feeling. Brother Sam helping him out. 1518 out of Italy with Amor di Moldo Manal Baltimore with Silo B. Same thing, I guess. M.B. Jones. Poussin. Actually, he's from uh, West Mass going back. Uh-huh. Uh, Jelly Air. Yeah, Matt Jones. Good buddies with uh, Bob Fay and John Maloney and those cats. Farther south uh, from Tel Aviv, LSD bottom line, Schizophonics. Had him on the show last week out of San Diego with the train. Got to play with him, too. Wild. Found out that David from Catscan's on bass now. That's why there was only two people on my show. I was wondering where the bass man was. He got scissored or something. Then Seabrook Solo again. McCoidal Wool Gathering. (laughs) It's quite a title. Now, what's the different? What, what's Needle Driver? Needle Driver is the last record I put out. It's with drummer Allison Miller and bass man Johnny DeBlaze, and that's a trio that I've had for uh, for a few a, a bunch of years now. And we worked on that material for about four years before we recorded it. Um, and yeah, and it's it's. It's uh, pretty composed, pretty worked out. We worked really hard on that. We recorded it with Martin B.C. here. Oh, yeah. Uh, you I've know, been in that studio when the uh, control room was where you recorded. I, I was with the Sonic uh, Youths doing uh, Evil, and they had me right, play. Right. In fact, that, it was yeah, the first wow, bass that I did cool. after D. Boone got killed. I didn't want to play anymore. I didn't think people wanted to hear me. And, and that uh, was Martin was a things. great guy, man. And, and, of course, the Sonic Youths, great people. Oh, I remember great. it well. Yeah, it was a hard time for me then. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, so, man. so this is the most contemporary. So then, then we've kind of like uh, leapfrog. So let's get back. Uh, you're, you're getting out of school in uh, Massachusetts. There, you're getting done with music school. I'm done. Okay. And, uh, and so, what do you go? You go to the city, uh, New York City. Yeah, I go. To, I come to New York, and uh, you know, I start. I just start meeting people here, and just start getting into it. Start playing. Uh, it took me a while to have my own my own groups. It took it took a while. I uh, it just took a few years, and then I started to kind of get the confidence together. I don't know why I lost it because I had always done my own stuff, but you know sometimes that happens. Is that and where so, the yeah. uh, Detromo Fatal Fatalic comes in? No, that that's also a recent group too. Oh, okay. I, I put two okay. albums out last year: the Needle Driver and Detromo Fatal. So those are the most contemporary. So the Zebra Power, Power Plant. Plant, yeah, yeah, okay. Zebra Power Plant is my first my first band that I get going in New York. Yeah, and you got a stand up guy, right, on bass. Stand up guy Tom Blankart. He's on like an electric stand up, and I have my brother Jared Seabrook on drums. Okay. So we, so we start hitting it hard. Oh yeah, you know my brother. Is he, and I grew up, he, is he older brother or younger? He's younger. We grew up playing and listening to records, you know, together for sure. forever. So we had that connection. Yeah, like Tom and John Fogarty. Yeah. No, you don't want that connection. They ended up hating each other. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I think John took his brother's band. <laughs> right. Depending on who you believe. But uh, uh, okay, okay. And is it at this time? Uh, do you like? You know, explore the banjo. That's what get. Yeah, I needed an outlet for the banjo. I now, now, now how did you stumble up. onto the banjo? I stumbled onto the banjo in, in in music school. There was a band called the Klezmer Conservatory Band. Ah, Klezmer, did, yeah, great music. It did 
klezmer rap, and I kind of got into that. God, I always think of klezmer like uh, clarinet for some reason. It is, it is. But when it came to to the U.S. in the twenties and thirties, they used the tenor, they used the banjo as a percussive percussion instrument. Sure, that makes good sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of take it from you know the jazz and Dixieland that was happening at the time. They adopted that kind of instrumentation. I think that's when the trombone came in, and but the clarinet was yeah, that's the main. That's yeah. the main uh, instrument of clarinet. And if you think about the Middle East and stuff, those kind of horns that were going on, yeah, that's probably the closest thing. Look, I want to play something here from Di Tromo Fatale, uh, this uh, emotional cleavage. Yeah. I guess you guys made a video for it. Let's listen. Wait! 
is on my forte to the number bit, but getting the ball play, I suppose it's a bit of a letdown, but it's not as about putting you back down. You think you're beautiful, I think you're physical, wholeheartedly embracing the ritual, it's my nature to be perfect, it's cynical, it's your love to be the bottom, I really go. Let's face it, let's face it, let's face it.
for Pedro Show. Emotional cleavage from Detromo Fatale. Uh, tits after that from DMF out of Orange County. The Vandal Poets. I think that's Ohio, Midwest, with dysentery. It's a, only a demo, people. Still going to be developed. Uh, Solo Acobara, which is uh, Brother Koya's band in the uh, early 80s, out of the former Yugoslavia. Well, it was Yugoslavia in those days. No, it's not. Uh, Sadse Yasno Vidi, and Spice Pistols out of San Diego here. Life's a Drag, brand new. Twisted Noise Association, Admit One. That's a, a guitarist from Pedro here. Ah. Uh, who just passed away, and he made this uh, demo like 10 years ago, and your brother oh, Phil man. turned me on to that. Yeah, in your own town. Shit going on, and you don't even know about it. What? I pull his head out of his ass. Oh. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know who's from Pedro that I didn't know is that, that R&B singer, Miguel. Really? Incredible singer. He's Pedro, yeah, and I, I fucking didn't, I just found out. Then Rooster head out Inglewood with a game of replacement blanks. Why, baby? That's Chris Kirkwood produced that out of uh, Arizona. And finally, Black Sheep Squadron, Seabrook Power Plant. There's some jamming-ass oh, yeah. guitar on that. So, the Seabrook Power Plant. Who is on the drums in that band? That's my brother. That's Jared. Okay, he was in that Jared. one, too. Okay, okay, okay. The, the, the basemen are different, then. The basemen on the Trommel Fatale and, and yeah. Seabrook Power Plant are different. Yeah, okay. I have different basemen... Different bassmen in each each band, but you like the stand-ups, right? Yeah, well, Needle Driver is electric, but I like I like I like both. I mean, uh, Power Plant is is an electric upright. URB, so huh? Right? They call them URBs. Yeah, it's not totally acoustic, but it's a lot uh, easier to carry around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I like stand-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, no, they're great. I tried it. You have? Taught. Yeah, I did a 45 for Kill Rock Stars called Lil Pit. Because, you know, I I had to learn it if I was going to record with it. But it was fuck. It kicked my ass too hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the Your muscles hand. on the front of the left oh, yeah. hand. Yeah, because you have to turn your hand. I'm used to sideways, you know, that up and down. Whoa. I think right, I right, could right. Get, get to it maybe if I work. But I also got, you know... Uh, possible joint problems and stuff, you know, so I don't want to, you know, it's just, I, I have to run away to fight another day. <laughs> right, Play right. the bass guitar. You know, I had to move to short scales. Those are 41 inch, you know, and we're the three quarter. The classical Europe guys are even bigger. But I even, for gigs on electric bass, had to move to small 30 inch scales. I record I with the, big I ones. I saw your new bass. I saw, it looks great. The new. Oh, the Watt Plower? Yeah, yeah, people out of Toledo. Worked with me many years. They were very kind to uh, come up with that baby. I thought, you know, yeah, because I kept saying, whoa, thank you very much. But, and they said, well, how can we change? How we can, and they kept working with me. That was beautiful of them. But, you know, if you want to stay in this thing and your body is just, you know, I think you have to adapt better than hurt yourself or or, or having to, uh, you know, get out of the ring. So, Get out. You can't get out. Yeah, you don't want to get out of the ring. If anything, get thrown over the ropes, but don't leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't throw in the town. <laughs> right? And uh, have you ever had physical problems? Oh, yeah. I just had, yeah. You know, I've had to change, I've had to change my approach to when I'm off stage. You know, sometimes I get, I get into playing at home too much, practicing things, writing things, 
you know, and not paying attention to warming up or how much I've done. I've had elbow problems. And just last week I had a problem in my left hand for the first time. So, yeah, it's all about moderation and stretching now for me and building some strength, you know. Uh, I can't – I just can't – yeah. So if I if I do that I'm okay, but if I throw myself into You gotta the listen gig, to your body. Your body's yeah. trying to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's you know, part of the journey, right? Part of the journey. Part of the, but you're but man, you're I, I I hope I'm I'm doing it like you are when I'm when I'm uh, when things start to hurt I change. That's why I do yeah. it. I just change. Look, we're at the end of the uh, second hour, April eighteenth, twenty eighteen, Jish Walk Pedro show, special guest Brandon Seabrook. Hold tight for hour three. April 18th, 2018, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
relatives are assholes. Sorry, but it is a real crapshoot. Love divided by anger, a lot of bullshit. How petty is that? Strangers are cool. They will not fuck with you. Relatives feel that they are privileged. Tossing aside any decency, right to the vulnerability. Thanks a lot. Do I know you? And hey, what gives you the right to shoot me down? Take a good look at yourself and give me a break. How long can your problems go on? You are relentless in your criticism. I am really okay. Cheerfulness, help, and love are wasted on you. Try giving my time back. Explanations are simple. Try getting it. I am so tired. Fuck you.
Watch for Pedro Show. Started off the third hour with Needle Driver doing ocular rabies. And then Jack out of OC with Manic Low doing Broke Up. Stick Sellers upstate New York. Brother Sam there. There's Broken World. Joe Brewer out of Madison, Wisconsin with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Ghost Car. I think, uh, yeah, the Panhandle, Texas. Gates. And finally, Seabrook String Trio. Oh. By, no, Bovicidal. Bovicidal, yeah. Bovicidal. Like bovine, like cow, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, you haven't talked about the Seabrook String Trio. Well, this is my latest. This Our record comes out in September. Uh, so this is even my, more contemporary than uh, the last two. Okay. Yeah. It's coming out soon, and it's my latest group. I wanted to get, I wanted to get it down to the strings. You know, all my groups are with drums. Yeah. Uh, Fatal has two drummers. Everything's. Your brother so gets his scissors. Yeah, wanted to get rid of the drums and, and 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 get down to the strings. But we all have a physical rhythmic approach, so. It's a trio. So so you're on the guitar or what, banjo? I'm on guitar. Okay. I'm on guitar. Uh, Henry Fraser. Is oh. a great bass player. Sure, sure. On Younger bass. guy, upright bass, stand-up bass man. And Daniel Levin is on the cello. Wow. Cello's got quite a range. Wow. Yeah. Cello's incredible because... Cello is incredible. And, and yeah. I don't know if... The only game. lame thing that I find is the way you got to play it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't stand up with it. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So, so, so... Actually, an idea drove this, right? You yeah. wanted to do something without drums. You guys keep your own time. We keep our own time, and our time, and it's and it's really flexible, and it can be really, it can be really. Uh, tight. Also, the band gets all rubato and stuff. It can get rubato, but even in time, even when we're playing in time, I can speed up, and the cello can slow down. And the bass can oh, like the Stravinsky the stuff, same, yeah. <laughs> and we're still we're still connected, you know. The right of spring stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> it's balls out to play, but yeah. okay, okay. So you guys are kind of building your own vocabulary. We are. That's great. You know, I, I, I can't wait I really to hear it when it comes out. Yes. Now, one thing we didn't talk about. I mean, we talked a little about, but you said you were too young. Uh, touring. You never really toured, right? You went to the city. I went to the city, and then I, I did some touring as a sideman in other people's bands. Ah, okay. I've done a good amount of that over the no, years. No, I think that's important. I, right? I you can't give direction if you don't learn to take direction. Yeah, I learned a lot from, from that, like what to do, what not to do, where to go, where not to go, when to go. I mean... Sure. So, you know... Uh, this string trio will be do some. T we'll be doing some touring in the fall. And well, what uh, about this pluper fiction? Pluper fiction. Yeah. What's the story behind this tune? Tell us the story. The story on this tune. It started. Uh, it started to, to. It came to mind as is working with dynamics. You know, I wanted something that was uh, really had the scope of. Uh, you know, of really free, really, really tight, really aggressive. You know, it's pretty simple. So we were able to. But when you know, I we were, when, you, when I hear dynamics, I'm thinking like, you know, piano, piano, 
We really wanted to exa- I really wanted to exaggerate those. No, no, it, you know, especially for gigs. If you want to get people to fucking listen, bring that yeah. vocabulary to the fucking table.
1831 2,000 men gathered with guns They walked and stalked for 60 days Failure the black line Governor Arthur, what did you think? These people, they cannot be trapped George Augustus Robinson You are of your time This is a song about history This is a song about my dear country This is a song about history From where I come In 1833 200 Palo were they came Waibelina was their home Treaty they had signed In 1847 47 remain To Oyster Cove they were returned Shattered homeless without clothes This is a song about history This is a song about my dear country This is a song about history From where I come In 1975 I was taught a blatant lie Trigonini now was gone The culture it had died They lied Manalgana I think of you Were a day I think of you Walt Arthur, Mary Arthur I think of you From where I come This is a song about history This is a song about my dear country This is a song about history From where I come From where I come
Last music for this edition, the Seabrook String Trio doing Plump Perfection. And uh, we were talking off air about the big uh, focus on this tune for Brandon was Dynamics, because he went and saw uh, my missing man do Third Opera at the Bell House with the Light Brothers from Tokyo, and he, uh, he, he liked that. So, it was uh, amazing. It really was. It was. Yeah, you know, it takes so long, and you know, that you don't realize that that's actually because I think when we're learning, it's like, oh, uh, soft means slower and loud means right. faster. No, they, they're completely independent. Completely. <laughs> but you know, it um, takes, you got to live a life to learn that, maybe. Yeah. Then we had uh, John S. Williams, Australia, doing from where I come from, four dimensional nightmare out of the Northwest. Seattle, I think. Dark matter, dark energy. Evil-hearted you out of here, East L.A., with Untitled Misery Song. And finally, Detromo Fatale, Shamans Never RSVP. Yeah. They, I guess they don't <laughs> feel they have to. <laughs> they, don't, they don't really care. <laughs> Goddamn. They don't even know what that is, but I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's beyond them or beneath them. Beneath. Yeah, beneath. beneath. Uh, yeah, the, what was his name? The Count of Fives. Brandon Bernard? Bernard. Uh, yeah, yeah, he wrote this great book. It's called Zen Without Zen Masters. Just a second. Oh. Look at his name. I don't know it. Camden Bernard's. Yeah. Camden Bernard's. Zen and, Without uh, Zen Masters? Zen, it was called Zen Without Zen Masters by Camden Benares. And this guy was a group of people in the 60s called Discordians. And uh, All right. it was started by two guys, Greg Hill and uh, Kerry Thornley, out of Whittier, out of some bowling alley when they were teenagers. That's where Nixon is from, and, right? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's crazier than that. Kerry Thornley actually served in the Marines with Lee Harvey Oswald. Wow. And they come up with this thing called the Principia Discordia. This thing, only five copies, the first one, but it was mimeographed. Uh, Mr. Garrison there in New Orleans, who tried to uh, uh, persecute Kerry Thornley as one of his, uh, the JFK. Uh, yeah, it gets crazy. There's a, God, what's his name? Go, go, God Rightly or something? There's an author, I can't remember, Adam, Adam God Rightly or something. Uh, huh? Sorry for that puke noise. Yeah, he wrote a book on the called the prankster and the counterculture. And you would, it's just it's trippy about humans and their connections. But the, the the Discordians, the Principia Discordia, you can come to mikewatt.com because they they refused all copyright. It's all over the place, and it's uh, they they uh, they're into this lady called Eris, right? The Greeks' uh, god of uh, chaos, goddess. Anyway. That's where some of that comes from. I, I, I didn't mean to eat into your time. So you guys are going to... You're gonna... well, I like that. I'll look into that. <laughs> I don't know it. I don't know it. A lot of cats don't. It was a very small group of people, but uh, sort of like the beat people, the big influence. Like the uh -huh. big told me about, yeah, there weren't many of them, but they talked loud, Mike. <laughs> right, right. By the way, his birthday's coming up, big. Happy birthday come up uh, around, it's around the record store day. Nice. Uh, which is coming That's up coming Friday. Up, yeah, now, now for you, your, your next plan, you guys are going to put this record out in September, and then you're going to tour. Where can people find you, Brandon, on the Internet? You can find me on Bandcamp. Okay. You know, Brandon Seabrook. My, you can find me at Seabrook.com. That's B-R-A-N-D-O-N-S-E-A-B-R-O-O-K. Man of the Water. Man of the Water. I love it. 
you're on the starboard side. I'm on the port. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been truly an honor. And your music is, uh, I think you found your voice because when I hear Brandon Seabrook music, it uh, puts a big light in my head. This is Brandon playing. I love it. Oh, man. And big love to your brother, too, on drums. Tell him he's not totally scissored. You'll get back to playing with him. I'll get back. (laughs) People, it's been the April 18th, 2018 edition of the Watford Pedro Show with special guest Brandon Seabrook. Keep your powder dry.